I want to make that transition moving from youth football to senior football because that's the reason why I went on to do my, my pro license is to one day coach a senior team uh, on the highest level and, you know, in a few years' time, go back home and coach the national team. Welcome to Dressing Room Chat, a podcast that will give you wide-ranging interviews with sporting stars, both local and international. Nothing is off the table with our host, City Press Deputy Sports Editor, Daniel Motuakhae. And to kick things off, Daniel caught up with former Bafana Bafana star, Stephen Pinar, over Zoom at his home in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Congratulations are in order for Skilo, who recently acquired his UEFA Pro license. The former midfielder got his break overseas in 2001 and went on to play for Ajax Amsterdam, Everton and Tottenham Hotspur, among other teams, and now looks set towards coaching in the senior ranks after three years of internship guiding Ajax Amsterdam youth team. First thing first, man, congratulations on attaining your pro license. What does this mean to you? Yeah, obviously for me, thanks. It was, uh, you know, I've always said if you want to do things uh, the right way, you have to follow the, the protocols. And for me, it was important, you know, from from a playing base to moving into management, you have to have the right uh, papers and also follow the right, uh, the right steps. So... Uh, when I started with a, with a UEFA B license, uh, to be fair, I didn't thought I'll make it <laughs> to the end. Uh, yeah, but, you know, uh, I had to push myself, uh, you know, persevere to all the difficulties. Obviously, it wasn't easy. You know, as a player, you, you don't spend all that time uh, reading books or invest research, all that stuff. So it was it was tough at first, but uh, you know, as time went on, I just told myself, you know, I have to do it if I if I want to follow my dream and become a you know professional coach. I have to do the right things, and, and that was uh, getting my all my qualifications. And yeah, to finally got to the end, you know, as well with uh, with Corona. So most of the stuff we had to do online the first uh, the first couple of sessions. Um, long hours behind the laptop. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was just for me to make sure I, I get all my papers and, uh, you know, don't stress about, yeah, I can't get a job there, I can't get a job here. You know, as far as you have all your documents, then you can obviously take your time by developing yourself and put yourself out. Uh, oh, if I have to get a job, I need these documents. So that was for me the the key and you know, the guys, uh, Matthew, Rob, uh, the, the guys at IX gave me that uh, support and space to, you know, to fulfill that that dream to, to be a qualified coach. So was it really a big challenge for you to stop playing? Because uh, let's be honest, Kilo, I mean, did you want to coach in the first place? I wanted to stop, to be fair, but uh, <laughs> I'm still fit. Uh, I'm still feeling okay at the time. Uh, I just had to make the decision, you know, it's either I continue playing or do I put myself to that stress of moving to another club, uh, different coaches, different mentalities of people that you're working with because I experienced it at first and at this. And, you know, the the way 
I was used to having the professional setup, you know, you know what time you're coming in, you know exactly what's what. And, you know, this experience, the first four months wasn't what I, I hoped for, you know, coming to the end of your career. I could have uh, retired uh, somewhere in America, but I wanted to go back to South Africa. And when I experienced that, I thought, well, if I have to move to another club, it's then it sh- should be a club that's that have all the resources, uh, how they run things, professional. Uh, but yeah, and for me, when I when I looked at it, I looked at the options, which clubs are there in South Africa. And for me, the only club that uh, came to mind was I Cape Town. And at the time, I Cape Town was playing relegation football. So I was like, hmm, yeah, I love the city. Uh, I love the club. I know the way they're playing, the, what they want to do. So then I, yeah, then I had to relocate again from Johannesburg. <laughs> My family just moved to, to South Africa. And I thought, nah, I think this is uh, the best. So it was a bit forced, but yeah, you know, I had to take do it for myself, for my family, for my kids, because they've been always with me traveling where, you know, different uh, cities uh, to different countries. So yeah, you know, I thought it's no need to be unselfish. Let me just, you know, be respectful and uh, bow out and uh, yes, be supportive to my family, my kids. Um, yeah, and that's what happened. And yeah, I, you know, and I thought, you know, I needed a brain, you know, in the garden in Johannesburg. My family moved back to Holland and I thought, oh, what's missing? You know, I've tried yeah. TV, I've tried a little bit of everything. So what's missing, you know? And then, yeah, Rob called me up. He said, uh, why don't you try going to do the course? I know you don't want to get involved in football. Just go and see if you like it. Uh, and then you go on. If you don't like it, you can always step out. And I mm-hmm. said, yeah, but I don't want to become involved because I don't have the patience working with kids and <laughs> with guys. You know, when you're a former footballer and you go and you want to do a session, because I've done a few sessions with the, with Wits University, uh, and then you, you stand on the field and you say, it's not that difficult, you know, <laughs> trying to explain to players and they're not getting it. And I said, nah, I don't have the patience. But... Eventually, you know, you miss you miss it. And when I went on a course, I started getting involved, you know. And then I just like, yeah, this is, I think maybe if I just go through it, uh, push myself and, you know, change my mentality, my mindset, obviously from from a football player to becoming a coach, you have to, you have to think different. You have to, you have to get on to the level of the players. And, you know, when you, for example, when you coach amateurs or young boys, you can't expect them to do things how you want them to be. So you, the patience, you know, all that. I had to change my mindset and just uh, calm down a bit. And eventually I thought, yeah, this is what I want to do, you know. Uh, and then I pushed myself and I started going, uh, doing more training sessions. And then, yeah, the that hunger, the desire to, to improve and develop players came back to me and just and then carry on. And would you say the, the experience of having worked with some of the top coaches in Europe inspired you somehow? I mean, you've worked with, uh, I remember from the beginning, uh, the Dutch coaches, Leo van Fien. You worked with Ronald Koeman, who actually gave you uh, your break at Ajax. Bert as well was there, David Moyes, Roberto Martinez, Harry Redknapp. This inspired you somehow now in your a new path if you think about all these legends uh, not really I, 
I can remember having conversations with the coaches while I was playing, and they always said to me, "You, you like to coach when you're on the field, you know." And that that came back to me, and I remember when I was at Sunderland. Uh, I went in the office uh, just when we got delegated, you know, to speak to the manager and we sat with a long talk just about life in general with David Moyes. And it's like, Stephen, you have to go on to the, 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 the coaching courses. I'll help you because with your knowledge, uh, the way you are, you like to coach on the field. You're always busy organizing the team. Even if you play as a winger, you're coaching. You're always, you know, you're always uh, talking to the players. And I think if you move away from the game, you're gonna lose a lot. And you know that came back in my mind. I'm like, wow, it's something, uh, you know, that that came back. And I'm like, okay, uh, maybe I do have it in me. I just have to, you know, just someone needs to push me over the line. Um, and yeah, when I went back to Ajax, uh, the first. The first couple of months, you know, I, I had my UEFA A license and I asked if I can just come in and see how they do things, you know, for, for a week or so. And I went in and yeah, after the, the second day, the guy said, oh, we want you we want you to stay because we can see influence what you're coaching and the, the details that you give giving to the players when shouting on the side. Uh, we don't have that. And with your experience of playing in different countries and, you know, you have that in you, so we need someone that have that. Don't underestimate what you have. You know, no one's got it, and you have something special. And then I just, yeah, just keep on pushing, and and that's why. And like I said, that, that conversation I had with with Moise at the end before I left Sunderland, that came back to mind, and I'm like, okay, I'll give it my my best shot. Uh, you know, if you if you don't try, you you can never succeed or you can never fail. So I have to, and yeah. That's why I just kept going. Yeah. When I moved back uh, to Amsterdam, yeah, for me, I love total football. I love uh, attacking football. And the best place to to, to develop as a coach, you know, is, is where it all started, you know, at a club. I know the philosophy. I know the culture of the club. I know what what they, they want, how they develop players, um, the kind of football they're playing. So, yeah, and being based here, you know, it's obviously for me. I just went in and I asked if I could, you know, I have my diplomas. Uh, at that time, I had my UEFA A license um, to go in and you know have kind of a yeah, internship kind of a thing to look how they they work from a professional point of view. You know, uh, obviously I was here helping uh, some amateur team at the time. But I wanted to, you know, see what it really, what it really is, you know, working at one of the best academies that produce so many brilliant players. And, yeah, you know, it all started there and I got accepted. Uh, I was going in for the first two months uh, from October to December. Then we, we had a holiday break and... The guys at the club is like, oh, what are you going to do now? Uh, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll just come in for, you know, the rest of the season for free, you know, invest in myself, uh, learn, um, got opportunities to take sessions, also with the, with the language, with Dutch. Uh, obviously, the football terminology is different when just talking to normal people on the street, so you also have to get it in your head. So, uh, yeah. yeah, and... It just, you know, I just 
enjoyed it. I uh, started doing it and then the club was, uh, was happy with how I was doing things and how my, my, my development is going. Um, yeah, and then they offered me a one-year contract, like two years, but uh, I prefer to, to take one. So, you know, just because obviously with, with my situation with a family at home. Um, and then I started, it was going well, the club was happy. And then I got promoted to under 18 so after that. And, uh, you know, playing in the youth league, also different experience again. You know, with the with the 18s going away, playing European games, um, learning the, how to plan uh, all that kind of stuff that, that as a player you don't expect. You just think, oh, I just have to show up and play. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, talking with the players, with the parents. Um, for me, that was uh, you know the club was really helpful, uh, giving me the space and time and work with different coaches. Uh, and yeah. Who knows, uh, one day I want to make that transition moving from youth football to senior football because that's the reason why I went on to do my, my pro license is to one day coach a senior team uh, on the highest level and, you know, in a few years' time go back home and coach a national team. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, finally, when I checked around, uh, you are one of the few... Uh, former Bafana players with UEFA Pro licenses, and uh, you know, immediately Benny comes to mind that you were the first to congratulate him when he was appointed uh, into the technical team of uh, Man United. So, uh, in a way, like, uh, how has his story touched you? Do you see sort of you walking the same path as Benny? Because I mean, what you just told me now moving that uh, step uh, one notch up, uh, being involved in senior team coaching, maybe one day we might see you in the PSL, who knows. So how has Benny's story uh, touched you as an aspiring coach and as your yeah, Obviously, it is touching, you know, he, he's a role model to a lot of guys. And for me, uh, he's a close friend. And he, he took that path, he took a different path than me. Uh, he went from the, the coaching courses working with senior football. I started with a youth football. So, you know, we all decide which way you want to go. And for me, it was important because I wanted to get it, that learning experience, the foundation, where it starts. How do you manage uh, young kids? Because you have to be involved with the parents, with the school. A lot of things come into mind. And, you know, it's something as a player that I always wanted, you know, is to start somewhere and start at the bottom. And the bottom is youth football and move the steps up and take the right, uh, the right steps. Some some coaches are fortunate. They get they get that opportunity quicker than others. Some go straight into being the head coach after just playing. So, you know, everyone's path is different, but he he is, uh, you know, inspiration to, to me. Uh, he... And you always said to me as well, you have to have the right papers if you want to get a, the top job. So, yeah, you know, and for him, being at one of the biggest clubs in, in Europe at the moment, you know, it's, it is inspiring. And I think a lot of coaches, uh, not only from South Africa, Africans in general can look up, oh, wow, we have an African that's coaching at one of the biggest clubs in, in Europe, you know, and why not? We all can do it, but it's just going to take a different time, different pathways, and you know, I'm not in a in no rush to 
to become a Real Madrid assistant coach, head coach. Yeah. You know, I've I've laid out my my development plan, and I've I've done now two two to three years in the youth football. Now I want to move to professional football, to senior football, and that's how I've planned it. And I think the time is right for me now to to take a step, waiting for the opportunities to come, and who knows, uh, one day uh, also sitting a. Uh, or coaching <laughs> or assistant the uh, senior professional thing. And are you are you open to coaching in South Africa the PSL? Like you say, you are waiting for the opportunity. If that call comes from the PSL, are you open to that? You you can never close uh, close doors. Uh, you know, compass. Uh, I I think if if there is opportunity, it must be the right fit, right the club, right structures in place. Uh, how they work, professionalism. For me, I won't just go into 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 a job because I need a job. I need everything has to be in place. How the club is run, uh, the structures, uh, the whole setup of the club. I'll never just jump into a job and say, "Oh, I want a job because I need a job. Uh, I need to to get a salary." It's all about the structures. And at the end of the day, you going in, you taking a big responsibility to 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 manage a club, to to win games and. If you don't have the, the right structures in place, I don't think uh, I'll jump into it. But you never know. Uh, you know, the doors always open. I'm open to coach anywhere in the world. And that's why I have the professor, the pro license. <laughs> you can coach anywhere you want. So it, it gives you that little bit of freedom, uh, you know. So, yeah, you never know. Maybe one day uh, if the, the, the right club, uh, the right structures uh, come about and... I'm always open. Yeah, and and I mean, I I know you and uh, you were here not so long ago in the PSL, but uh, have you been following still? And uh, I mean, what do you think of of the standard at the moment? Do you 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 spoke about a perfect fit, but now maybe let's look at just the the standard of playing the PSL. How far? Um, uh, are we right now compared to when you were here the very first time? coming through the ranks at Ajax Cape Town, moving abroad, came back for a short spell with Vets, and then now uh, watching from the other side? Um, I'll say we still, we st- things have improved a lot, uh, to be honest. Um, if I still look back now, that was, what, 20 years ago? If I look back, how many clubs have junior football from under, under 30? It's not so many. And that's still, I think, you can't, you can't have a team that plays in a PSL that only have under 90. I mean, where do you get players? Where do you develop players? I think a lot of clubs don't have that. If I can say, it's maybe five or six clubs that got Pirates have an academy. Chiefs had an academy that went a bit uh, the other way. Now they started again. Ajax Cape Town have a good setup. I don't know about Cape Town City. I know Stellenbosch are trying to also get to that level. So yeah, if I look around, there's not a lot of clubs. Supersport does have academies, uh, you know, but not a lot. And I think that's where we we, we should improve. You know, the, I think the standard has gone up. I watched the other day Chiefs play against Stellenbosch uh, from this side. You know, the games are difficult to watch uh, when you're on this side. I watched a full game and I, and I looked at the Stellenbosch team and like, wow, you know, you can see there's a structure in place. The way they play, the kind of football they want to play. The players that they're bringing through, that they, they sold a few players to choose as well. So 
you know, there is that cycle going at a club. And like I said, the, the, definitely the, the football can still get better. No doubt about it, but uh, it's much better than, than 20 years ago. And speaking of which, uh, about, you know, 20 years ago, it's been a while Bafana last played in a World Cup, Mibrur. I mean, I think you were, you were the last one to have played in a World Cup with Bafana and you were the host, Nohal, even though you, you played at that other previous World Cup where we actually uh, qualified, the, the one in 2002, I think. Yeah, and uh, there has always been a call for former players to be involved in our structures. You know, during our conversation, you did mention that who knows, maybe one day you can coach Bafana. Do you perhaps also maybe see, see a role uh, that you can play, considering that we are even struggling to qualify for, for, for tournaments? I mean, what is your view on the national team and perhaps maybe in a long term where you can maybe perhaps come in and help out in the system if you are needed? If you look at a lot of uh, other countries, African countries, uh, not only African countries, in Europe as well, you have a lot of former players going back into the FA. Uh, you can look at Germany, you have uh, Bierhoff, who's a team manager. That's just an example. If, if you look back now uh, at Cameroon, you have Eto as a, as a president, uh, the coach, as his teammate. So, you know, that kind of things, uh, it helps also because you bring players in, obviously, we as players, we, we sometimes you need people that does the, the business part of the football, I understand that is also part of basketball, but you do need the players, the former players in it, but you also have to, the former players also have to put their egos aside and work to improve, work together to improve the team, the, the national setup. And for me, I, I always stand open for that, um, you know, uh, to help uh, if if ever I've, I've been asked to, to do, to, to go in go and scout all the South African players that's based in Europe. You know, I'll always be open to help. But, you know, you have to have the togetherness to have the same goal as former players. Don't come in, oh, I want to be the president. I don't want to listen to anyone. You have to have the same mindset, uh, the, the same goal that you guys want to reach as a country. And that is to qualify for the biggest tournament in the world. And you have to have people that want to work together and help and don't criticize, you know, no one is perfect. But if that's the case, I think you always need former players, but you also need the guys on the other side to run the administration part. <laughs> that That's not going to do it because you do need it. And you also need the guys that knows about the football side and want to help improve the football and the quality of the of, of the national team. And I must say, the, the current coach is doing a good job by getting in young players, unknown players, to play and unfortunately you know it happens it's the game against Ghana it, it can happen in football but I'm saying he's doing he's on the right track because he's getting in players that some of us never heard of that played in, in that game and I was quite shocked how they played with a with setup or how he wants to play it's just, it was just unfortunate but I think they're going in the right direction with the current players. Uh, there's a lot of young players coming in. They have to play more games together and, you know, and get stronger. If you look at, I'll say, Senegal the last couple of years, they had all these players that were playing under 23s together. 
uh, an Olympic uh, team. And now they end up winning the, the African Cup of Nations. But it takes time and get the people involved that's there, former players coming into coaching that wants to help and bring all the, the heads together and get one idea and put it out there. And it will take some time and not overnight. Yeah. And another thing, you being in your position now, also uh, the issue of, of, of uh, languages, being able to speak different languages also comes in handy. How many languages can you speak now? Because, uh, you know, like normally when you are a coach, also in Europe, you look at Benny right now, I think uh, he's uh, fluent in about like four, four different languages. No, obviously. When even if you were to come to the PSL, I mean, you you are also well versed with the street lingo. <laughs> you can speak Zulu, Sisutian, and Alice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I always say, you know, you as a as a player or as a coach, I've always had it as a for me to adopt somewhere. I need to get to know the culture, and the culture is firstly you have to communicate with to, with the people, and the language is important. You know, you have to learn the language you have, even if it's a little, it shows that you you have interest in learning it. And that's important, communication. Um, yeah, I can speak uh, about, yeah, speak Dutch, English, Afrikaans, Zulu, Sutu, understand Corsa. So that, for me, is not a problem. And I understand German as well. So, yeah, you always have to, to learn... Uh, try at least get a few few words that, you know, people will appreciate and you know, they'll be open to listen to you because without learning, you know, but at the end of the day, football is is one language and we all speak the same language, we know what we want, but you also have to have the communication part of getting your message across to people. And Skilo, uh, as, as we move towards the end of our interview, let's reflect a bit on your career. I think you are one of the few South African players who who actually stood the test of time playing in Europe. I mean, you were there almost forever. And But the question is, how were you able to last this long abroad? And and you never just played for, for, for you know, Mickey Mouse teams. You, you played for the top teams, my bro. Borussia, Dortmund, Tottenham, Hotspur, Everton, Ajax, Amsterdam. How, how were you able to stick around for so long in Europe until... Uh, literal until your return. Well, I'll say it was it was basically for me the the strength of this was uh, the school of excellence that developed that part of me. Uh, you know how to survive away from home from your family. Um, when I went to the school of excellence, uh, the first week I was homesick. I went into the office of Coach Kevin uh, Johnson at the time. I said to him, Coach, this is not for me. I don't understand most of the guys. They don't want to speak English. They don't speak the same language as me, Afrikaans. They only speak Zulu, you know. <laughs> and he said to me, he said to me, yeah, but where are you from? You're from Westbury. So you have to toughen <laughs> up a bit. And I said, yeah, but uh, I can survive. But if I can't communicate with the, with the guys, you know, uh, it's difficult. And when you're on the field, you're training. You don't get a ball. Sometimes they just pass you and you stand there. So I think that that part they, they helped me a lot, you know, the first week at the School of Excellence. And then I said to myself, you know, it's true. I'm from Westbury. I have to make sure I fit in. I have to make sure that I find a place. And the first thing I did was at school, I took uh, Sipedi as my second language. 
you know, mm. to, to learn and yeah, just to, to, to get the communication part going. And after after two months, uh, I could uh, understand everyone, you know, and I was feeling at home. So for me, I think that part helped me the early in my career when I was a 12-year-old boy leaving my family behind, uh, you know, to go to the School of Excellence at a boarding school where it's the only guys. You have to be tough <laughs> to survive, you know. And that, I think that part, a lot of people underestimated. It helped me develop as a person. I could go away. When I left uh, the School of Excellence to move to Cape Town, as a 17-year-old boy going to Cape Town, knew no one in Cape Town. I just joined and I felt at home, you know. And I said... Everything that happened at the School of Excellence that helped me mentally to 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 overcome challenges that you know a lot of us uh, face along the road, like homesickness. You're on your own. You don't know what to do. And when I moved to to Holland, you know, after six months, I was living myself. I was walking around, taking the buses, uh, the trams, go to the shop, buy my own stuff, and it was always. Looking back, I come from the School of Excellence. I'm from Westbury. It's not the toughest, the easiest places to live. And, you know, I don't want to go back. So that was always my reminder. If I started feeling lazy, uh, you know, if I have a setback, then I say, whoa, where do I come from? Never forget where you come from because I always look back and I'm like, so <laughs> living in Europe, <laughs> I have to survive. And I have to, and I'm here to play something that I love. And just wake up in the morning, go to training. That was my motivation. I'm not doing it. It's something that I love to do. So that part, you know, the school of excellence part, that always like mentally, it prepared me for everything that I'll face in my career. And, you know, you have to overcome things. And I said, like I said earlier, you have to learn to adapt. You have to be like a... Yeah, sort of chameleon, you know, you, you, when you go somewhere, you have to try and fit in. And mm. sometimes it's not easy, uh, but it takes time. And, you, and just you have to just remind yourself all the time, you're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. And the reason is you look back, you have a family back home that you want to take care of. You want to succeed. You want to be able to walk on the streets with your head held up high. And for me, that was always the motivation uh, to push myself. Even now, uh, with the coaching, sometimes it, it, I'll, co- I'll come from training and I think, today wasn't a good day. Mm. Wow, what what can I do better, you know? And then I go into the next day, then I go, oh, okay. I'm just going to motivate myself, be happy. Try, you know, if you look back and you always go, I'm, you know, you, you're already giving that negative energy, so... It was always about being being happy, motivated. Even if it's not going well, always try to show you, you you're happy, smile, and try and just better yourself all the time. Hey, skill of MMA, we can you know go the the whole day with this, and you know I I really appreciate your time and thanks for sharing all those funny stories of how far you came and all of that. Thank you for listening. We'll have an all-new episode for you every other week. Visit citypress.co.za to stay in touch.